You're listening to Subconscious Mind Mastery, podcast number 148. Thomas Miller back. Welcome back. I've got a really special, close-to-my-heart interview that I'm going to share with you in this podcast. I was in Texas over the last couple of weeks, picked up my... I had this in storage. Oh, God, I've got to tell you this story. You know how we were talking in the last uh, podcast before last, I think, about the minimalization with my friend Mark from the Fred Dodson Seminar? Boy, I am telling you, there's so much going on in my life right now. I'll talk about a little bit of it in this podcast, and then stuff will unfold in the future. But just be careful what you <laughs> be careful what you put out there into the universe. So I had on my mind for six months or more that I needed to go back to Texas and just deal with that storage unit. When I moved up here to Colorado two and a half years ago, I literally threw everything in the storage unit really fast. I haven't used it for two and a half years, right? And just thought, ah, you know, the stuff that I'm trying to hang on to, I really need to just let go. And as you kind of get into that addiction, if you will, to having your stuff in storage, I kept putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. Well, and then I did the podcast with Mark and then had to face the music. The universe arranged for me to get rid of all of that stuff. What happened? I went back to the storage unit, had a little small list of stuff. I was in Dallas. I had flown. So I just had this little duffel bag sized worth of stuff that I was going to bring back. One of the things is the microphone that I'm using for this podcast it's my sweet Sennheiser 416. I just love this microphone. And it was in the storage unit. Well, when I went back, now this is an inside climate-controlled family-owned storage facility outside of Dallas. It had been infested by vermin. Okay, let's call it what it is, rats. Evidently, it had been a problem in the general area, but the storage facility in particular and the building that I was in, specifically, somebody down the hall had some food in their unit, and that drew in the rodents. And my unit, I guess, was close enough that I got hit pretty hard, and a lot of the things that I was keeping the storage unit for, justifying the price that, like, if I had to go buy the bed, for example, new and a couple of other things that I still what I was spending in storage was still less than replacing the items. That's probably not good math in the end, because I certainly would have gotten something for the items had I sold them and not put them in storage. But now that everything had been damaged by the rodents, I was definitely in a bad business situation there, you know, from a financial standpoint, whoops. So I was literally forced by the universe to get rid of about half of it. And the rest of it, I put a 90-day intention that it will be gone, sold, set up somewhere, whatever, within three months. And already the universe is moving around that intention, and I'll tell you more about that later. But, you know, it's just funny, and as I was hauling all this stuff to the dumpster... One side of me was a little bit upset. Another side was just released and okay with it. And the other was laughing because the universe, <laughs> the universe just moved me right to that situation on the heels of that podcast where we were just talking about this. I'm not like Mark. I'm not down to one small duffel bag yet, but firm believer that when we clear things out of our life, it makes room for new things. And that's what I'm doing. Just making room for new things. 
gladly, willingly, without resistance, and realizing that I had fulfilled my own intentions. I'd been sitting here for six months thinking about getting rid of this stuff. Universe gave me a boot and is giving me a boot in another area, too. So it's just, you know, when, a, when all of these things fulfill, it's just cool to watch. All right. The other thing is, while I was in Dallas, met with my dear, dear friend, Stuart Couch. And we're going back, and I've got to work on my website. So any of you WordPress experts, I'm having trouble, and I would appreciate some help if you would email me, thomas at subconsciousmindmastery.com, that I can't get the older episodes up on my post. And I've got the settings set for that to display 500 episodes, but it's only showing a hundred, like from 104 to one to this one, 148. So I threw the archives up on the homepage. So now if you go to subconsciousmindmastery.com and over on the right-hand side are the archives, so you can go back to those old podcasts. But just to make it easier, I'm going to put the link to podcast number eight in the show notes for this one, 148. But Stuart and I met when I was doing the Landmark Education Program and I sat down next to him in this one particular seminar that we attended together. And boy, he just did not look well. And I asked him, Stuart, what's going on? He had stage four prostate cancer and it had metastasized. Now, I wasn't in tune with my intuition as much as I try to practice now. I don't always get it right, but I try. And there was just that little voice that said, befriend Stuart. And that was that was it. It was just be this guy's friend. And I did. So we started connecting. And mostly what we would do is go to a place in uh, the Oaklawn area of Dallas, if you know that part of town, called the Pancake House. And we would meet down there frequently and catch up on what was going on in each other's lives. I was working with some healthcare clinics and had some insight into some things that were going on with him physically. And we just developed a super special bond as I was able to really contribute to his life from that standpoint as a sounding board, but giving him some direction and assurance and confirmation and various things that he was facing. Well, long story short, that was back around 2011. The doctors told Stuart he should have died about a dozen different times and ways, including within the past 12 months, he had a surgical procedure, had a heart attack within all of that, was intubated, so he was unconscious, for an extended period of time, was in ICU for over a month, has had a long climb back from that one, and that was like the last of a long chain of, you know, Stuart is just blessed. We're blessed to have Stuart with us. You know, I was thinking, we so often get caught up in our own little worlds that things seem to be so big to us at a given time whatever we're dealing with, money issues, relationship issues, our own health issues, etc. But most of us have not dealt with life or death to the point that how we think makes the difference of whether we live. But that's been Stuart's life for the last seven years. So we got together while I was in Dallas. And do you know he looks better now than he has the whole time that I've known him? He looks great! Not that he's not facing some challenges from this, you know, all the chemo and radiation and everything that he's been through. He is. There are some challenges. One of them is weight gain. That's just a natural follow-up of the kind of treatment that he's been through. It's a very common thing. And he mentions that in this interview. But that he looks so incredible. I had to ask him a question. Why is it that you are still here? 
I wanted to know what he was thinking, what his programming was that kept him alive through everything that he's been through. He is one of the most precious souls you could ever meet. I didn't have my recording stuff with me, but I just used the phone, sat down next to him, and we just talked for a few minutes. And his insight into this life-or-death programming is amazing, and I wanted you to hear it. So from Stuart Couch, whose programming has resulted in his longevity, answers the question, what kept you alive all this time? Stuart Couch. First of all, welcome back. Welcome back. Oh, well, thanks. I, have, I feel like I have been here for a while. This is a big deal, right? I mean, it's like, <laughs> because you could have checked out on us multiple times. Multiple times. Uh, fairly recently. Why didn't you throw up the rope and let go? Well, I'm just not ready to go. And uh, the actual story has to do with what I shared as, le as early as 2011. Uh, when I got the cancer, I had been through multiple experiences of being able to view the dynamics of transformation and how resistance to something actually produces the persistence and also the freedom that comes in, in being able to choose as opposed to being able to be limited by deciding and cut, cutting either it's going to be this or that. Well, I had this uh, news that I was having the biopsy and I had to wait a few days to go in and, and get the results from the doctor. And during that time, I, of course, was quite apprehensive and it was a long three days. But when I was diagnosed, somehow or other I was able to just choose to have it as opposed to resisting it. It would be that if you choose something, you can only choose what's there. You can't choose something that's not there. And cancer-free was not there. The only thing that was there was cancer. And it was advanced stage, pretty serious. And if you put it into something that you don't choose it, then you're putting it into another domain. And there's a a gap between the two, a valley between the two, between the way things are and the way things are that you want them to be. And that's where suffering is. And I'm committed to not suffering in life. Although I've done plenty of it, but uh, I'm not always on my game. But on this particular case, uh, I've never suffered from cancer. And I've really never suffered from the, uh, that's not quite right. I have suffered from the uh, complications of it because I haven't accepted it. Or I did accept it. The acceptance was really more of a tolerating of it. That's tolerating something that you wish was gone. But I think that what you're asking me is about uh, choosing because in choosing something, it, it's not that you're approving of it, not that you're wanting it, but that's just the way that it is. And then once you actually profoundly choose it, somehow or another, whatever is next comes and it comes without resistance. And it may not be something that's physically pleasure, or in my case, 43 radiations and about 32 months of chemo, uh, 140 hyperbaric oxygens to treat the radiation proctitis. But uh, you had asked me earlier about why am I still here? I'm just not ready to leave. What did you do differently in your mind 
to choose versus we were talking about the distinction between choosing and accepting you said there's a big difference between those two acceptance is certainly not approval acceptance is tolerance and when you're tolerating something you're still resisting it and when you're resisting something then you're getting more of whatever it is that you're resisting and it brings upon suffering because you're thinking that it shouldn't be that way but you're going to tolerate it and so whatever the gap is between the two uh, produces the suffering and the being able to accept something sounds noble but it's really uh, not helpful uh, sometimes accepting something is a, a prelude that must that I had to go through to be able to get to choosing I certainly had to accept that there was a necessity to go to the doctor to be able to have the examination done that resulted in the diagnosis that was a tolerance but then the other part was the choosing so if you just choose what is there as I did choose I also believe that what I chose was life as opposed to no life it wasn't that I accepted that I was alive I chose to be alive and I believe that the choosing to be alive is what has propelled me into being able to be here today you were saying that the weight gain as a result of all of this maybe you haven't chosen that yet no i don't believe i had chosen it until so so how would that have been different if you had i don't know because i only chose it today this is a very fortunate conversation that we've had because i believe before i came over here i've been suffering from it and not i don't feel like i'm suffering from it right now i've chosen it and um after choosing it, uh, you made a suggestion about somebody that you know that's a physician. Uh, that is empowerment. I somehow or another have the feeling that something is going to show up because that seems to be what's next. Uh, it sounds a little shallow to say that you're looking for whatever is next, but if you think about it, everything is what's next. What's next, what's next. And, and that's part of choice. The, the medicine that I had taken so changed my body shape. And I, I would go to the doctor and I'd say, well, this changed my body. Well, you just have to accept that because you're taking the, the medicine and that's what it does and that's just part of it. It's like, I don't want to, how do I accept that? And so the more I didn't want to accept it, the more that it gets that way. Now, are you somebody who doesn't resist typically? Go back to the resistance piece of this. No, I think I resist about as much as anybody else. So have you, uh, are you better at not resisting now? Apparently, at least in things about life or death. Uh, I'm told I am. I don't know that I actually perceive those myself. I'm pretty resistant. I'm, I'm going through quite a process right now in my life of... Uh, choosing things to be exactly as they are I, I feel that there's a new that there's uh, something more for me in life that comes from from stopping the resistance or dropping the resistance and going into uh, the part of choosing it and, and there is some things there are some things that I have recently chosen that seem to be in the process of resolving you are an amazing individual and I have been just 
privilege to know you and be part of your journey over the last six years. Yeah, it's been a long time. Thank you. I've been. I uh, thank you very much for the support you've given me. I don't think that I would have been able to be here without your support. In those early days, I remember in December and January of December of eleven and January and February, March of uh, twelve. I was pretty low. I was in pretty bad shape during that time. Uh, how many times did I go to the hospital during that? Oh, gosh, I can't remember all of those things. That was so long ago, but you were a sick puppy. I think I've been in the hospital 12 times or something. You know, you mentioned, too, aloneness, and that's something I know a lot of people struggle with. Oh, how has that affected things? Oh, well, when you're living alone and when you are alone, it tends to age a person that age, ages me. Uh, being alone has really disempowering. There's a lack of connectivity with other people. There's ways that you, the only ways that you think of doing things are the ways that you think of doing it yourself. You don't have any other ways of getting a perspective on things. It has to do with no interaction. Uh, when you're alone, alone it, it does bring on depression. And depression brings on a lot of inaction and a lot of other kind of uh, resistance. So I would say that the, for me, being alone goes into being lonely. And being lonely is something that when you're lonely, you're not uh, choosing to be lonely. Uh, you're, you're, you're more into, at best, accepting it which is tolerating it, which means that you're still resisting it. Well, you can walk up the ladder and down the ladder on this, can't you, from tolerance, from resistance to tolerance to acceptance to choice. Yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it's kind of like a thermometer that goes up and down. It's not a stable thing. Uh, I could accept being lonely, but that doesn't mean that that changes any focus that I might have upon being lonely. It's more I'm, I'm accepting it and tolerating it. Uh, of course, if you're not lonely, then that's not even on the spectrum. But if you're to the point of uh, just choosing it, then choosing it is actually a gateway to being able to get into some more resolution of the issue. Uh, resolution's not really the word I want to use, but there's a way of being able to move on with it. But no, well, your observations of going up and down, I'd say that uh, there's many times that you go up and down. Oddly enough, the one about the cancer, I've never gone back. Because uh, I can actually say that throughout whatever's going on, I haven't suffered. I've suffered from the side effects because I didn't choose to have them. But as far as the, the cancer itself, no, I chose it. And no suffering there. This is part of us of a journey. Now, I would be 72 June the 8th, and it's, uh, sometimes I look at, like I'm a little bit farther along on my chronological journey than I wanted to be, but uh, I'm where I'm at, and I can choose to be the age that I am. And I think that choosing that, I, I am choosing that, and sometimes I don't. Uh, ask me on June the 7th. Uh, but the, the to answer your question is, I think it's a spiritual journey. It's a journey, and it's an imprecise journey. You know, for these past few days since I recorded that interview with Stuart, I've really been thinking for myself 
whether I'm choosing something, stepping into it, tolerating it, or accepting it. What a great paradigm. And I certainly hope as you think about your own life relative to this, that you think about what are you choosing or what are you just tolerating? Where's their resistance? Boy, preaching to the choir because I've got a lot of work to do in this area. And I'm really thankful for such a dear friend and for an intuitive prompt that said, sit down next to this guy and be his friend because I get to see this firsthand. What a privilege it is to call myself Stuart's very good friend. Let's all think about what we're choosing and then step into it. Just do it like he did. And, you know, I don't even have the perspective, the true perspective, although I did witness what he went through. What all Stuart took on was just absolutely incredible. And as he said, doing a lot of it just by himself without assistance. The story is amazing. Chokes me up to even think about it. Puts a whole new meaning to the expression, enjoy the journey. I'll see you next time. I'm Thomas Miller. Thanks for listening. The opinions on this podcast are those of the host based on personal experience only and are not intended as medical or psychological advice. If you are experiencing symptoms that require professional treatment, please contact a licensed medical practitioner. The stories and opinions expressed on this podcast are independently those of the host and guests and are not intended to be taken as medical advice or to replace medical care from a licensed professional when appropriate.